Hello, my darlings. This is Amish Patel, CEO of the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. And you're probably looking at this and you're thinking, who the hell does he think he is? Who the hell does he think he is? CEO, he made himself, he appointed himself the king shit. CEO of his own comedy corporation. Listen, you're not going to believe this, but I got, we have a very clear corporate mandate, by the way, uh, to ensure that laugh. The first part of it is to ensure that laughs are up um, in the culture and in the community. And I got laughsareup.com. I got uh, patreon.com slash laughsareup, paypal.me slash laughsareup. Go over there to become an investor. Uh, I also got all the social media handles, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't even know how to use Snapchat. Okay. All of the slash laughs are up. Got it. I mean, tell me. I mean, this whole, this, this whole project must be ordained by Almighty God. What other explanation can there be? I mean, have you tried to get a social media handle right now? It's basically impossible. Everything's taken. And you come up with a banger idea like this, like making a comedy corporation, and laughs are up is the, is the main corporate mandate, and all of them are available? I mean, this has got to be... Uh, how do you explain that? First of all, clearly the Lord is smiling down on this project. Okay, I couldn't get AmishPatel.com. All right? AmishPatel.com couldn't get it. .ca couldn't get it. Okay? I couldn't get that. I couldn't get it with my own name. I mean, and I understand that uh, India is basically like a billion people with 20, sharing 20 names. So a lot of repeat. But still, laughsareup.com, kind of a strange coincidence. Kind of interesting that I got all the social media handles and the website and the Patreon and the PayPal. That's interesting. That's all I'm saying, just right off the top. But uh, I guess the other thing I'm going to say is, uh, look, we all, instead of looking at me and saying, who does he think he is, you should think of yourself as the CEO of your life too and the CEO of your career and the CEO. Listen, you got to be the CEO. You got to be the CEO of your life, I think. Even in a family organization, even in a family situation, you ever walk into someone's family and the, and the, and the kid's telling the dad, like, screw you, dad. I hate you, dad. You're an idiot. You know, the, the kid's telling his dad, like, you're an idiot, dad. Screw you, dad. And then the dad's like, shut up, dummy. You're stupid. You're just a stupid little kid. Shut up, idiot kid. And then the dad looks at you like, idiot kids. <laughs> Stupid kids can't even don't even have any respect, idiots. And in, and then you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of nod and and agree. That's happened to me before. And you gotta kind of be like, huh, yeah, kids, right? But in the back of your head, you're like, what the hell kind of organization you're running here, dude? The hell kind of organization is this? You need to be the CEO of your family, man. And we gotta be the CEO of our of our our families of our careers. You know, there's a there's an old quote by Jay Z. Um, I'm not. A businessman. I am the bi- I am the business man. Comma in the se- the way he said the second one. It's an, I'm not a businessman. I am the business. Comma man. He's calling you man. So it's a good point, man. You got to be the you got to be the CEO of your uh, of your and that and that's when I look at all the people who are doing really well, even actors, you know, even even like gurus. This, their, their business game is tight. They're, they're, they are like CEOs of their own little organization, and that's what you got to be right now. That's what you got to be in 2019. And, and here's the thing, okay? And, and this, is, this is a little bit of a mental health issue too because even inside of your own brain, I feel like you got to be a good CEO. Because inside of my brain, I picture like, a, like, a board, like every morning, I sit down and we have like a little boardroom meeting 
you know, like, you know how Inside Out, there's the inside, they go in, and there's a lot of movies like that, but Inside Out was like really good. And they have, they have like the four characters. I picture in my head, I wake up, I try to plan my day and it's almost like I'm having a little boardroom meeting. Okay. And I'm having a little boardroom meeting and uh, we all plan out the day and I'm there as a CEO. And then my chief, like, you know, my nutrition officer comes in and my, um, my, uh, my, my, my product productivity officer comes in and my planning officer comes in and we sit down and we do a little plan. My emotional officer comes in and says, look, you're going to, you're going to feel a little tired. You're going to feel maybe a little tired and a little weird if you don't get this done. You're going to, you might get a little sad if you don't get this done. My chief emotional officer, that's even an officer, you know? And here's the thing, you know, a lot of times on Sundays or first thing in the morning, I'll plan the week. You know what I'm saying? Or or I'll plan the day. I wake up, spend the first 20 minutes. I have a little boardroom meeting with my, with, in my brain. I have a little boardroom meeting with the people, with the, with the chief executive team in my brain. And we have a little, we have a little meeting, right? And we'll talk for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And just as the meeting is supposed to be over, guess who strolls in late? Guess who strolls in late? Chief laziness officer. Chief laziness officer saunters in, but then delivers a pretty banger presentation. You guys ever, you, does that ever happen to you guys? Because my chief laziness officer is so hardworking. Ironically, it's weird how hard, how, you know, sometimes you try to bargain, you try to talk to your chief laziness officer. I don't know if some of you guys don't even have one. In which case, though, you might be a bit of a workaholic, quite frankly. Because, I mean, what's stopping you? If you don't have a chief laziness officer in there, really, what's stopping you from getting your work done? Right? But the rest of us, most of us have a pretty... I don't know if you're like me, you have a pretty smart, you have a pretty sharp laziness officer and, uh, and that laziness officer, you know, even though they're trying to be lazy, they can come in with a banger presentation, killer. Pre- I mean, the delivery, the presentation, you know, I mean, they might come in, they might have footage from the new Game of Thrones season. You know, they might come in and be like, I got, got a few sneak peeks from the new Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, great. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 guys. Hey, guys. What's up? Great meeting. Cool. Yeah, no, cool. Right. Whatever. Uh, I got some footage from the new Game of Thrones. So what are we going to do? I got some ladies over that the, at the gentleman's site and uh, they're ready to go too. What do you, you want to do? What do you want to do? Hmm? Oh, I think some friends want to have brunch. How about that? What do you guys want to do? You want to do your work right now? Is that what you guys want to do? And, and look, sometimes chief laziness officer comes in with a banger presentation and, um, and, uh, and look, that's why, that's why I've had a hard time keeping these projects up in the past, quite frankly, if I can be honest with you guys, I've started like 10 shows like this on the internet and, uh, it's hard to keep them, go- keep them going, but, um, that's part of the reason why I decided, you know what, I got to be the CEO here enough of this. I can't let this laziness officer come in and take over and take control. And now I think I've found a system where I'm going to work with, we're working hard with the laziness officer. See, before I was thinking, I got to, I got to shut down the laziness officer, try to kick him out, try to get him working on other stuff. You know, you think you can get your laziness officer to work on some other stuff and say, Hey man, can you not work on just being lazy? How about you, we put you to work on some productivity stuff. And the laziness officer says, listen, that's not my department. You know, but, um, I read this great book, though, and by read, I mean I listen to it because I don't read books, again, probably because of my laziness officer, <laughs> you know, he's never really let me do that. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I listened to this great book called The 80-20 Principle, and one of the takeaways I got from that is, you know, okay, you know how people say that, that necessity is the mother of invention? 
Right. Well, I think that laziness is like the absentee father of invention. Okay? And if you can work with your laziness officer in the right way, you can come up with some great solutions for yourself to get work done in a way that the laziness officer feels like, oh, okay, cool, my laziness quota has been met, but we got the work done. And you can come up with some great innovations and some great uh, strategies for that. And that's a big part of the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. Okay, it's a very low overhead organization. Right now, I'm shooting at my parents' house. I also shoot sometimes at my own apartment in Toronto. I don't live with my parents. Stop it, okay? Don't go down in the comment section talking shit about how I live with my parents. I don't live with my parents, okay? Racist, don't live with my parents. But I have to visit them a lot because they're sick. Um, Also, I've had a couple of funerals, you know, and... uh, had a couple of, couple of funerals in the family, and that and that and that's really informed this uh, this corporation too. That's that's really informed it because as a CEO, I'm going to these I'm going to these funerals, and um, it's really making me think about what is the purpose of comedy. You know, it's really making me think about it on an existential level, and uh, and and I gotta say, man, today I was at a fu- I was at a funeral, and it was a Hindu, and there was a kind of like almost like a Hindu service there. Uh, not at the funeral. When I say I'm at the funeral, okay, this is what I, I should explain. You know how when you get a, a, a invitation to an Indian wedding, it's like two weeks long, and you're looking at the invitation like, uh, do, you, you know, have, you know, people have jobs now, right? You know, people have jobs now, right? I can't go to your wedding for two weeks, dude. I just came to the engagement at a banquet hall six months ago, and now I got to do two weeks for the wedding. What? I mean, you know, I have a job, right? People have jobs here. Right. Well, it turns out and I didn't really realize this until this last couple of weeks, but it turns out that funerals are actually the same thing. And, um, and you know, no disrespect to to if anyone from the funerals is watching this, but um, no disrespect, because here's the thing. When I get w- with weddings, I, I, I look at a wedding invitation. I'm like, OK, can you relax? I get it, man. You're getting married. I don't care. But with the funeral, that feels like, yeah, that should be a week off for all of us. For the funeral, I mean, when 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 the funeral hits, that's where I'm kind of like, you know what? Yeah, maybe we need to think about this, people. You know, you could just die, right? That's weird. It's weird, and nobody knows what we're doing here. And it brings me to, and I'm gonna wrap this into the comedy corporation. Just watch how I tie this back in. Um, and it made me think about something called existential dread. And existential dread, I'll just read the definition of it. Existential angst, sometimes called existential dread, anxiety, or anguish, is a term that is common to many existentialist thinkers. It is generally held to be a negative feeling arising from the experience of human freedom and responsibility. That's the official definition. And and here's here's how here's how I here here's how it feels to me. Okay. And tell me if tell me if you're feeling this, okay? Existential dread to me is almost like this this in the back of your brain there's like a little this little bit of anxiety in the back there just going and it's um it's almost like a million little voices chattering you know and there's one voice saying what are we doing here and then there's a million other voices saying nobody knows but you have to keep doing it you know and then you hit these points in your life where, where maybe you get your heart broken, people you love die, you know, 
and then you get in an accident, and then you're hurt, and then you're still that voice, yeah, that thing's like, do I still have to be here? Yep, yeah, everyone has to be here. You're not allowed to leave. People love you love are going to break your heart, and then uh, people you love are going to die. Surprise, you're, you're ugly now. You're ugly now, but you have to keep going. Existential dread. And it comes from the experience of human freedom and responsibility. It, I would argue that this is the biggest, this existential dread, calming this existential dread is, and I'm not the only one who said this, but this is kind of why we do everything. Everything is to ease this. I mean, it's simultaneously what keeps us alive, but it's also what creates the anxiety is this million chattering voices thinking about the past thinking about the future but guess what when you get a little laugh when you get that pure joy of a laugh because a comedian brought the laughs up in the culture in the community say like we do here at the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation guess what for a brief moment that it just go it just it just goes away and you're in the moment for a second some people are having a hard time here and they need someone to bring that joy and to bring that laughs, those laughs and that joy up in the culture, in the community. They need it. And that's a real service that we're providing here. And, uh, and, and, and also some people need to just watch and be like, hey, uh, you know, if that idiot, if this dumb dumb can be the CEO of his own comedy corporation, well, maybe I can make my marriage work. Maybe I can make my marriage work. Maybe I can figure this out, work things out, and, you know, keep my head in the game a little bit. Because this, this, this dum-dum, this, this, you know, 7, 7.5-ish, because the lighting's really good. If I go outside right now, it's nighttime right now. If I go outside, I'm basically a 4, dude. But with the good lighting, I'm still, I'm here, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the joy, I'm bringing the laughs, basically. And, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's important work that I'm doing. And here's the thing. Okay. And now a lot of you are saying, okay, but I go to work nine to five work. I go to a job nine to five, like a real corporation, real work, real nine to five work. Okay. Okay. That's fun. Great. Um, tell me, what do you do? Because, and, and let me ask you something. How many times have you asked someone that's in one of these, uh, corporation jobs? Okay. That's in one of these, uh, we call them civilians. We call them civilians. How many, how many civilians do you know? That you ask them, hey, what do you do, man? And they go, oh, well, no easy answer to that. <laughs> what do I do? Well, how much time do you have? Let me, uh, it's not black or white. I mean, it's not a simple answer. You gotta, do you have a minute? I can tell you, but you don't know what you do. How many people do? It's almost like the highest paid people. Some of the highest paid people, you ask them, what do you do? And then they just tell you their job title. And the job title is, uh, oh, um, I'm a uh, development Development uh, analysis consultant. What? Okay, you just said three big words together, but that doesn't mean anything, okay? Here at the Mish Patel Comedy Corporation, we're bringing the laughs up. Okay, but you have this, you have technically a job and you get to pay, you get paid tons of money and you don't even know what you're doing. And that's a, that's a good, that's a, that's a good case. Like, hopefully what you're doing is meaningless, there's also a good chance that what you're doing is destroying the planet, you know, 
And it does seem a lot, of, and I don't want to be negative. I know this sounds a little negative, but it does seem sometimes like if someone told you, hey, I'm starting a corporation, um, uh, it's called, uh, it's called Dis- Destroy the Planet Incorporated. And, uh, and you know, it, if you want to make some money, put your money in that, right? It's called Destroy, it, it's called, it's, it's called Destroy People's Lives Incorporated. Oh, yeah, put money in that. What, what kind of culture is this? We got billions of dollars for the military industrial complex. We don't have a little bit of money to bring the laughs up in the culture, in the community. We don't have a little bit of money to bring the laughs up. I mean, think about this, okay? How much of our economy, how much of our economy as a metaphor is basically we're paying a thousand people to dig holes and then another thousand people to fill the holes back up. And then we're saying, oh, we have 2000 jobs. We have 2000 jobs now. Okay, and, and why did we have to make 2,000 jobs? Because we wanted them to, to give a bunch of people money and make them feel good about themselves and make them happy, right? And, and say, so they can be proud and say, oh, I have a job. So we have to make them happy and we give them money. Okay, well, how about this for a solution? How about we just give them the money, give them a little less money, we're saving money on shovels, take that money, pay it to a comedian. Hire a comedian, Amish, uh, Amish, Patel, uh, Amish Patel, through the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. Hire a comedian to make those 2,000 people laugh Hire a comedian to make those 2,000 people laugh. Direct to consumer happiness solutions. That's what comedy is, people. That's what it is. It's a direct to consumer happiness solution. I mean, there's a great philosopher uh, named Ernest Becker, and he talks about this. And he basically, he has a book called Denial of Death. And he basically said, the existential dread that I was talking about, he basically says that everything we do is to ease that existential dread. And as this corporation goes on, you're going to find that basically laughter, comedy, is the most efficient way to ease that existential dread. And yet, we're the ones not getting paid. It's goddamn ridiculous. In Canada, there's no money for comics. There's no money. But as we go on, we're, you're gonna, I'm going to show you, <laughs> as we go on in, this cor- in, this, in the first season of this corporation, by the end of the first season of this corporation, we're gonna, you're going to see that laughter is the most efficient way to ease that existential dread. Let's just go through a quick example right now. Let's just think about a purchase that you made to make yourself happy. Let's just say you paid 150 bucks. You think, let's say you bought something and it costs 150 bucks, you think you paid 150 bucks. Okay, let's do a little Patelonomics. Let's do a little Patel math. Let's do a little Patelonomics. Yo, you spent 150 bucks and then, okay, tax. Who going to pay? Tarkako? They'll say, they'll say, Tarkako, that means your uncle? Do you have a rich uncle? Basically is what they're saying. You got a rich uncle who's going to cover that for you? Okay, so now you got a, so you thought you spent 150. Guess what? You do a little Patelonomics, you spend $150 plus tax, but that's just the beginning of it. Because next they're going to say, oh, how'd you get to the store? Oh, you drove. Gas. Maintenance. They'll do, they'll, they'll do maintenance. They'll either say maintenance or they'll say wear and tear. Wear and tear. Gas. Wear and tear. Dude, I know millionaire Patels, dude. I know rich Patels. They won't leave the house without three things to do. Why? Because gas. Too much. Who going to pay? Who going to pay? That's how they get you. Patelonomics. Oh, when you went to the mall, did you eat something? Oh, okay. Food court. Okay, you have to eat. Have to eat. 150 plus tax, gas, maintenance. Eat some food while you were there. Who going to pay? Who going to pay? And if you start questioning the who going to pay, then they start, you might get, dude, you might get like a, say, idiot. 
with you might get an idiot with five e's or a stupid with three p's depending on what part of gujarat they're from they might call you a idiot or a stupid who going to pay tarkako dude they won't leave the house if they don't have three things to do they're not wrong though they're not wrong are they no they're not patelonomics listen you some of you want to get mad at the patel people don't get mad at the patels the patel is just a messenger <laughs> the patel is just a messenger and you could say the patel is a messenger from god because patelonomics has to be applied everywhere that's just the law of the land baby you have to pay bitch shut up fuck you bitch idiot hey idiot hey stupid who going to pay tarkako patelonomics and that's just getting the product to the house now you only use the thing 3 times whatever the $150 thing you bought to make yourself happy you only used it 3 times now it's sitting in your garage now you paying rent mortgage payment dude they'll go to that that level dude and i know some of you guys are thinking oh that's minimalism well minimalism listen the minimalist people they stole our culture basically cuz that minimalism you watch that documentary that's basically just talking to you about patel just a patel a patelder a patel elder a patelder patelonomics the patel's just a messenger don't get mad at the patels my darlings my dean my dinku my dean oh dinku been to no you going to get mad at the patels no my dinku the point that i'm trying to make with all that <clears throat> is that you spent 150 bucks on that here at the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation we're providing direct to consumer happiness direct to consumer joy through the laughs if you remember when we started this episode i said hello my name is Amish Patel CEO of the comedy corporate uh, the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation and i said and i said the for the question of this episode is who the hell does he think he is becoming just making his own comedy corporation and i think we can get a sense that by the end of this episode i think we all have a sense now that this is absolutely necessary work that i'm doing it's a great investment you know it's important work for the culture and for the community it's in a, in a in a way it's the it's it's doing the most important work making people happy slash alleviating the existential dread in the most efficient way possible which like i said is through the laughs and through the um the the joy and the happiness that the laughs provide. We've made that point with a lot of laughs along the way, okay? I mean the the patelonomics bit was a banger. The uh the CEO, the the chief of laziness, chief laziness officer, that's a banger bit. Okay, I haven't even done that on stage anywhere, but my instincts are tight. So, I know that's funny. There's a bunch of good bits in there. you know even that that one joke about the guy who said who's like oh well if this guy can be the ceo of his own comedy corporation maybe i can make my marriage work that was pretty good too you know what i'm saying so a lot of good jokes in here we made i made the point that i wanted to make i want to call it here because there's going to be a lot of episodes like this that are manifesto episodes where we talk about the corporate philosophy and the corporate structure and that sort of thing a lot of it's going to be locked content that you can access through patreon.com/laughsrup but 
I want to I want to call it here. We're probably at a good 25 30 minutes at this point. I want to call it here because this is talking about the corporation, which look, the laughs have been up even in this episode, but I want to call it here because in the next episode I'm going to be talking about um, this time that I got cock blocked by by an auntie. And it's a very embarrassing story uh, for me, but every time I tell people, the laughs are the laughs are up. And uh, you know, my hands are tied on that. I got to bring that to market. My name is Amish Patel, CEO of the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. I love you and God is great. Thank you.